For Remember out west, uh, they never like it was like a regular a decaf. So it was like regular was normal coffee, and then a decaf was decaf. And so if it was a regular coffee, it didn't have any like stuff in it. When I moved out here, then you know, so would you like a regular coffee? I'd like just like a regular coffee, and it came with cream and sugar. And I said, "What are you doing?" Oh yeah, that's true. Regular was always cream and sugar here. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, for legal purposes, I need to let you know that it's being live streamed, and for legal purposes, you have to acknowledge. I got to turn off my furnace. Right. Go turn off your furnace. Go turn your furnace. Get the Um, show ready. Dan, can you uh, get the show ready before the show? Dan, the show is going. Right. Daniel. Yes. What you just said. You thought, are you saying that when out west, you thought regular coffee was non decaf? Is that what you're proposing? Yeah. I never, uh, out west, regular never meant cream. So, cream and sugar, regular hair meter. So, excuse my confusing. Confusing. <laughs> Sorry, I confuse. Are you saying that regular hair is double double or just cream and sugar? Just cream and sugar. Oh. You didn't okay. realize that? Well, no, not, I guess, you know, maybe some. Yeah, I probably could have gotten that on a multiple choice question, but I don't really think about it much. You know. <laughs> but I do. What, what we were saying before, though, is that Tim Hortons coffee drinkers, because we were talking about coffee when the show began. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, my I propose that they're not drinking it black, and that's how this came up. Yeah, Tim's now is offering bowls. Bowls Not of coffee? Bowls, bowls. Bowls of coffee? No, like the, you know, the, you know, with the rice and vegetables, power bowls or whatever they call yeah. them. Oh. Like a Mediterranean bowl or something like I that. We they're, in, they're into that now. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be tempted to try one because they can be good. If, if you've ever been to Freshy, they can be quite nice. Well, Chim's has really come a long way since it's donuts and coffee days. Yeah. It really has. <laughs> You know, when my kids were little, uh, I always said this. They, we, if we needed to get some fast food, we would tend to do Tim Hortons because you could get the chili. They had nice sandwiches. Like, their food at Tim's has always been pretty okay. But I was always impressed by how much you could get. You know? Like, you go to Starbucks and you get a coffee and, like, a wrap, uh, like a uh, feta wrap or something they have for breakfast. And uh, a roll, and it's like 15 or 20 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. At Tim's, you can feed your entire family <laughs> and friends for 15 or $20. You know, it, pretty, yeah. it really is good value, is what I'm trying to say, Dan. <clears throat> I know, but like everything else, it's getting up there, too. McDonald's is crazy. Johnny Slapshot, he likes the double filet fish and the sandwich alone is like 11 bucks. Is, is that really? a listed item? Double filet? No, you have to ask. Oh, yeah, for it. Okay, yeah. Which again, you know, they've come a long way at those places. Remember, you would ask for something like that, and because it wasn't in the, it wasn't in the computer or the cash register, they wouldn't sell it. Oh, I can't do that, sir. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, just put another one. I'll pay for it. No, I can't do that, sir. There's no way to. Yeah. <laughs> they've um, come a long way. I'm sure we've had this conversation, but even though I haven't had McDonald's in a really long time, I can tell you exactly what my McDonald's order was as a kid. Like, I know exactly what I used to have. Oh, let me sit down for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this is of value. <laughs> okay. I think, I think okay. you're really... <laughs> 
I think I think you're really going to find this fascinating. <laughs> play the song. Play the song. Reminiscing one. No, I, okay. Perfect. All right. I don't need to be asked twice. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's, it's probably it was, a Big Mac of some sort, right? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't a Big Mac, haters. What was it, man? Don't don't. By the way, you know it's funny. I thought at McDonald's the other day. It's such great marketing because if they said years ago, okay, we're going to call this the four ouncer, people would be like, yeah, <laughs> what's the big deal? But if you say something's a quarter pounder, it sounds impressive. Yeah, I think that was the marketing strategy. Yet when you go in a uh, the grocery store and say you want to get pre-made burgers, yeah. When you look at the four ounce ones, it's like no. What's, oh, there's no use even getting this. It's like a slide. You know, we're, we're such a fat society that we're so fat as yeah. a society now that a quarter pounder, like the four ounces of meat's a slider. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Since you're very, very curious, yeah, right. Uh, okay, quarter pounder. This was my McDonald's yeah. order. Yeah. Quarter pounder, fillet of fish, f- large fries, milkshake. Or Diet Coke. Or, no, I'm sorry, in those days, Coke. Wow, and you're... That was... That's quite the order. Well, you know, when you're a teenager, you can't just have a quarter pounder. It's not enough food. Mm-hmm. Remember they used to have the apple pie, too? Yeah. Oh, they yeah. They don't do that, that anymore. That, yeah, and this because the, the stuff in the inside was like lava. Yeah. Remember it was so hot? And you burned yourself on that, yeah. Yeah. Dan, what was your McDonald's order from when you were a kid? Uh, well, it would, it would, when I was a kid, it was either a quarter pound of a cheese or uh, oh, right, yes. a couple of fish fillet. But I didn't know you could stack them back then. Yeah. But I didn't know until just now you could stack them. You can do anything you want now. Oh, yeah. But I'm, I've moved away from the... Uh, I couldn't... I can't tell you... Like, I've had Burger King and I've had uh, Harvey's, but I have not had Wendy's, I don't think. And I haven't had McDonald's in over a decade, at least. Easily. Pound for pound or quarter pound for quarter pound. That Whopper to me might be the best. Like as far as f- tasting like a... Yeah, like a real burger. Yeah, like a, it's been uh, charbroiled mm-hmm. as opposed to fried. They can what be ab- nice. What about the A&W gender burgers? <sighs> yeah. You know, your Papa I burger, love your mama burger. Well, your, in well Moose- I'm having a tough time with A&W these days. Why, because well, the, the, guy, the guy won't give you any passes still? My neighbor owns four of the bastards, and he still hasn't given me a pass. No passes for you. That's right. That's your problem with A&W? Yeah. You, your neighbor won't give you... Listen, I don't want to be critical, but doesn't that say more about you than him? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't know that you want uh, free burgers from him. Yeah. Well, even like, hey, Fred, you got grandkids I see there. Hey, do you want to take them over to A&W and uh, treat them? Here's here's some passes. Right. Mm-hmm. Have you ever uh, have you ever had a occasion to offer him anything? Like, hey, me and me and my buddy Howie, we got some uh, free beer from uh, one of these beer companies. You want some? Here, have some. Yeah. We got no, a squatty, offer, we no. got a squatty potty. We got a squatty potty. Here, do you want one? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I offered him one of those Humble and Fred Bell cards, but 
That's right. Hey, do you want a, do you want an expired bell card from twenty five years ago? <laughs> Remember that? That was a big thing at the oh, time. Oh yeah. How did they work? Right, you had the card, and then you would punch in the number, and you get a free collect call or something, or a free a free call from a phone booth or whatever. Yeah, I don't know, man. I really don't know. Just think about that. Okay. That was before we were even before people were carrying phones around in their pockets long before i guess well you know it's funny because you mentioned the a and w gender burgers or whatever you know because we're reminiscing uh i was going to save this for later in the show but bingo bob uh on his uh twitter feed put out a little video and, and basically it's him introducing a promo that was on our show from years ago when he and, and Schwarmer were working for mm-hmm. us. And it just goes to show you how times have changed because I'm going to play this promo for you guys. The entire promo is you and I making fun of how fat and hairy these two men are. Now at the time they would have been, you know, boys in their early 20s, mid 20s maybe. Mm-hmm. But think about it's it's interesting. It's a funny promo. But uh this was actually running not just during our show, but this was a, a promo for the uh, radio station that just ran on the radio station. Self-indulgent. Here's Bobby now. more. Let's keep going. Let's listen to more stuff about me. No, I just, it's about the you know, sweet Bobby. Hearing new things that are old. Here we go. And, and just I'll tell you right now It's a little distorted I, I was trying to get him to send me the original audio But it's only, Dan, it's only slightly distorted So don't get okay. all All right. You know, why didn't, and I did I tried to get the clean audio But this is all I have, okay? Here we go Okay Chicken Schwarm and Bingo Bob Nice boys They're looking at each other going Hey, I'm hairier than you are No, I'm hairier than you are I'm fatter than you are. No, I'm fatter than you are. Mr. Schwarmer, let me see. Pull up your shirt again. Bob, pull up your shirt for a second, will you? Wow. Yeah, very I'm right. a little more concerned at Schwarmer at this point. I thought you were going to do something about that, Schwarmer. <laughs> you have saying to me, Fred, I have to make the choice. Women or food? <laughs> I'm going to choose women. But apparently, yeah. he's chosen to have sex with food. <laughs> Everyone has some edge in them. Canadian. I'm a little friend. Weekday mornings. And a lot of music. New rock. Edge 102. That was a promo for our show. I know it was a little distorted because that was you and I that you were saying you said to an actual human on the air. I thought you were going to do something about that. <laughs> you imagine that today? Oh, the good old days. <laughs> we could. Make fun of hairy fat people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, I um, <clears throat> I have a gender story. Isn't it funny how this stuff always just seems to come up and mix and flow? Well, it, it's amazing when you think about it. In fact, I've told Dan this story. I told Dan and Colton the other day. I had an issue with Visa, and uh, I had to call and uh, you know straighten it out. So I call, and this person picks up the phone and goes, "Hello, I'm Elizabeth." Mm. And going forward, I would like to be referred to as she and her. Mm. Okay. And I was taken aback. It was like, what? So I actually said that. Pardon me? Like, I didn't know exactly. I couldn't take it all in that quickly. Hello, I'm Elizabeth. And 
going forward in this call, I would like the pronouns she and her used. And I said, oh, okay, no problem. And um, the voice was deep. Oh, the voice was deep. Yeah. So, you're, yeah, so you're saying that that way, someone said, hello, I'm Elizabeth. But yes. clearly. It was a man. A male's, a male's voice. Yes. Fair to say. And again, I was, I was, <clears throat> he, she, they said it she, really her. quickly. Yes. So I couldn't <clears throat> really absorb it all fast enough. So I had, had to ask them to repeat. And this person was fantastic, uh, helped me with my issue. And, uh, but again, once she, they said that, I was, I was sort of subconsciously thinking about how, what I was going to say and how I was going to say it. And then I'm, if this is all going through my mind, I'm thinking, well, why, why would I say she or her to this person? You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, it was quickly established right out of the gate what the deal was. And I thought, boy, there's another indication of how far we've come or where we're at, where obviously Visa has given permission for that person to start the call with that. Yeah. And, uh, and I got through it fine. I didn't say anything. When it was over, I thought, okay, did I say anything inappropriate? Did I use the wrong terminate, uh, terminology on any level? And I don't think I did because at the end, Elizabeth and I were very cheery in our, mm. uh, in our goodbyes. Well, I'm sure Elizabeth appreciated your understanding of mm -hmm. hers. Now, the thing is, th th those pronouns, she, her, mm. that's... How would that come up in a conversation about your visa bill? But I don't know. I, I guess it was to establish that this person's identifying as a she and a her. Yes. Uh, which are, you know, the only thing unusual about that would be the person's voice. You would imagine is clearly, you know, maybe not feminine. The they them pronouns are the ones that are harder right. to adjust to. I can tell you from personal experience, but it doesn't matter if they're harder or easier. The point is, mm -hmm. that's not... Uh, it's, it's, just, it's really up to yeah. us to make the adjustments. No, um... Um... Yeah, I just it ran through my mind. I thought, I can't imagine in any situation during that call how right. I would say... Because like you what, would only refer to Elizabeth in the third or the second or third person talking to no. Dan and I, you would say she was helpful. I got great information from her. Right. And maybe that's maybe that's why that's what it's all about. You know, any reference to me in the future should be that way. Maybe, you know, because they say, you know, you might get a you might get some of the fees asking how uh, the service was and maybe it would come up then or something. Yeah, maybe. But pe but people that want to be identified as they is it all right to say you like if you're talking? Yes, it's, it's all right to yeah. say. OK, well, you never know. No, I know. Um, and, and as these things do kind of. So we went from uh, reminiscing about McDonald's to. What we talked about back in the early 90s with Bingo Bob Schwarma, and you can hear Sandra Pagakis' uh, laughter in the background there. Yeah. Then we segue to Elizabeth, and uh, clearly a, um, a lower-voiced person. Mm -hmm. Definitely a male. And, well, um, well, identifies as a woman. Yes. And uh, I, I picked this little bit of audio out, Dan, because you are, without a doubt, you know, the lowest-voiced you know, guy that we interact with on a daily basis because of your giant, 
you know, uh, cavernous uh, chest cavity or whatever your voice is produced. It's not. It's not your wiener, Danny. Right. Yes, right. It's a ch- that's an echo chamber. Isn't it? <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Fifteen uh, minutes into the show. No. Nah. And there we go. Yeah, you're right. It was fifteen minutes. Yeah. yeah so you, you really held back for a while there. This. Uh, I'm not sure the name of the original song, but everyone was doing a version of this. No. The, Here's to a fella named. Everyone was doing a bum 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 Buccaneers Privateer or whatever the hell the original one is called. Yeah. Apparently, there's a new one. And I, 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 I think this has gone viral, but even if it hasn't, I want you guys to hear this, this low voice when it comes in, because it, it even rivals the great Dan Duran. Listen. My mother told me You'll hear it when it comes in. I would buy galleys with good oars, sail to distant shores, stand up on the prow, noble bark I steer. Steady course to the Avon. Humanity, fool. Jesus. Wow. Dan. That's impossible. Isn't that crazy? Listen wow. to this guy's voice. Steady course to the Avon. Crazy, huh? So. Sounds like Lurch. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, from uh, what the is that Adam's, Adam's family? family yeah. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, but that's He's like I don't even know what over. notes those are, Dan. Like that's way below low that's C. Really, yeah, yeah. Middle like, C. Do you know your lowest note on your high? You can sing pretty low, can't you? Yeah. I uh, no, I haven't. You know, I haven't actually done that range thing for a while. Okay, I, mean, I can't remember. I can. I'll tell you tomorrow. All right, well, this this guy's voice is a banana. Steady course to the That's not even normal. That's not even regular. I'll tell you what. If that guy said, call me Elizabeth, I would. (laughs) (laughs) Call that guy Elizabeth. Yeah. Anyway, so that's all pre-show. That's all what's happening before the show. Speaking of Lurch, I had this debate with my wife and uh, daughter. I think Aaron Judge of the Yankees looks a bit like Lurch from the Adams Family, and yeah. they totally disagree. Really? But look look at a picture of Lurch, and then look at a picture of Aaron Judge. I think there's similarities. Okay, well, I don't know what uh, Aaron Judge looks like. Okay, well, that's your homework for today. Okay. And then get back to me and tell me if you think there's some okay. kind of, like, he's a big, tall... You know, like Lurch and just, I don't know, his bone structure, cheek structure. Okay, well, that just, would they, you know, know. Just an observation. All right, all. all right. Well, you know, here's your here's your homework uh, for today. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that. Here's your homework. Hey, um, speaking of the Blue Jays, uh, is this the week of the wild card or the week that the last week of the regular season? Well, um, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. The Jays won in Baltimore, a rain-shortened game, eight innings. They beat the Orioles 5-1, to one, which reduced their magic number to one. And then last night at 9.30, uh, the Tigers and Mariners, that game began. And they, I watched a bit of the beginning, and then I laid in bed and listened to the end of it, which was going on 1 o'clock, and what? the Tigers... The Tigers beat the Mariners, which clinched home field advantage for the Blue Jays Friday night. 
for the wild card. Well, that you know what, and is and I, I'll tell you, it's a good thing you were listening, or who knows yeah. what would have happened. Yeah. <laughs> you brought him home. You brought him home. Just, uh, it was sort of exciting. Yeah. I kept drifting in and out, but uh, in the bottom of the ninth, when the Mariners had to score a run to, uh, you know, stay alive as far as hosting the wild card series. Uh, nope. Uh, so the Tigers, the Tigers came through and uh, put it right in the Jays' lap. So Friday night, it looks like Seattle will be here for that best of three. Yeah, I was going to say you, you you had mentioned that last week that it is not just a one game wild card; it's a nope. best of three series. But it's better to be basically Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? All here in Toronto. Yeah, no. All crap. home games. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Bill Brio will be here later so we can talk uh, TV, movies, entertainment, and I'll, uh, you know, I had this conversation with your friend, uh, our friend Darren, yesterday morning because I had finished Winning Time, the Lakers' uh, first uh, yes. season of that. Just amazing. We'll talk about that with Bill. Uh, Dan Duran, do you have any other uh, pre-show thoughts? Are you ready to go? Are you in a place emotionally where you feel like you could start a show? I think we can uh, We can begin finally. All right. Let's do uh, that let's then. Do Here we go. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the Humble and Fred Studios in Trendy, Toronto, Lisa's Dining Room, and the lusty shores of Lovesick Lake. And is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and Health Gauge. And now, here are two men who, in business meetings, have said, our show's customer's focus is the best in class and will exceed expectations with expert content that will bring you value-added turnkey solutions, giving you a unique and outstanding ROI, which really makes us low-hanging fruit that's worth partnering with. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, all of that is true. Very nice. <clears throat> very nice, Dan Durant. Yeah, Working very all nice. Those business terms. Yeah, I love that. Business thing. Yeah. Business. 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 Uh, and interesting you brought that up about advertising with Humble and Fred. Because, <laughs> well, it is a good idea, actually. Let's yeah. start. Well, let's go uh, with the second part first. You know, we've been in business now. This is coming up to uh, today's the 4th of October while we're recording this. I get it mixed up now, but I think somewhere around the middle of this month, our very first official show was October mm-hmm. 17th. The uh, 16th, 14th of October would have been the first little test show we did. And we're coming up to 11 years of being uh, in business. A lot of people have helped us along the way. And uh, the support we got from uh, Rudra Rishi Maharaj and his brother Ravi um, over the years have been, it's it's ridiculous how long these guys have been supporting us. We have three sponsors that have been, I call them legacy sponsors. The people that have been with us, Chambers Plan, Brett uh, uh, Tanner, and uh, the Retirement Sherpa, of course, uh, Tim Niplett. And Gig Sky has been with us all around the same time, give or take, you know, they're all five and six years, which, as I tell people when we're having uh, discussions about potential clients, it's unheard of, uh, certainly in radio, but in podcasting terms, it really is. Um, it was a lot of it was I was going to say a blessing, but it was a real uh, it's been a real uh, leg up for us. No, they've been a fantastic partner and uh, been there for us like year after year after year. It's like, right. you know, the nature of this business 
advertisers come and go. You know, they have campaigns. They want to get a message out that when they feel they have, you know, maybe they they stop or... Or they you know, pause, ad- yeah. Yeah, or put their advertising in other places. But um, uh, Gig Sky, it's just, been ama- uh, it's just been amazing year after year after year, uh, them being a partner. And, and so I'm br- I bring it up because we're they're pausing their advertising now for a while, and and I wanted to acknowledge how uh, important, along with our other two legacy sponsors, um, how important their support has been for us. You know, for a while, I think Gig Sky is o- for the last few years. Gig Sky has only put marketing money into two things: the San Jose Sharks and the Humble and Fred Show. And uh, Rudra and I were talking a few weeks ago, and he said, you know, we're going to pause for a while. And I'm like, dude, you the guy, you and Ravi, you don't owe us anything. Like, no. it, you know, you've, you've been a program director. I don't know if you remember. But people mm-hmm. would buy the, you know, typically at a radio station, people will buy 13-week campaigns. It's yeah. rare. Like, those, those clients <laughs> like 2001 Audio and Bay Blur Radio, the people here on Terrestrial Radio in Toronto, those are different. And I guess Gig Sky and Chamber Plan and Retirement Sherpa would be our version of those guys. It just perpetually had supported us all these years. And so I know it sounds weird for us uh, to say, hey, they're not advertising anymore or they're just pausing for a while. But I didn't want this day to go by without us acknowledging how important they were to us and how good of friends we've all become and and how we appreciate and how both of us appreciate it. And the funny thing is they actually on some level feel a bit bad that they have to take this pause or they've chosen to take this pause. But as we say to them, like, man, we grew up in the radio business. What you have done for us, again, is so very unique and especially for podcasting, because it's sort of uncharted territory as far as how things work and, you know, and, you know, the message through our podcast, is it going to have impact? Obviously, it did because it went on five or six years. Um, but, yeah, it can't last forever. It's just unrealistic. Yeah. And so that's, I just wanted to say that to uh, to Rudra and Ravi and, of course, my, our dear friend Jennifer and the uh, whole family that we've come to know. And, and you know, Rudra pointed out something because he and I were at a, at a ball game together and then we were, were golfing before that. You know, we were all sort of, well, not sort of, we were friends with them. Certainly Rudra was a friend of the show long before they became advertisers. And when it was first sort of floated like, hey, we could do some stuff. You know, I'd heard about his brother's company and he was, you know, telling us about it. Mm-hmm. And when, when it came up at the time, we thought, oh, yeah, sure, we, we'd love to have you guys as advertisers for three months at a time. And then it was six months. And then I remember somewhere in the second or third year, I was speaking to Ravi and I said, I'll tell you what, if you guys could commit to a year, which was ridiculous. I said, if you could commit to a year, man, that would really help us out, giving us an idea of what we could pay everyone and expenses and uh and I don't know how long ago that was, but it's been going on a long time. And uh, they just deserve so much gratitude from our organization. Yeah, definitely. Again, one of the pillars that helped keep us going and make this all possible. And the effects of that, of their commitment, allows us to go forward during the pause. Yeah, no, exactly, man. Mm-hmm. So that's all I want to say. And uh, by way of saying that, uh, we do have some uh, new people coming on. 
in the next little while. Some names you'll recognize. And we're always working on, uh, we got a couple of things that we're working on. And, uh, you know, just to let you know, if you're you're curious about how advertising works here with us, uh, just get a hold of us. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. It's really simple. And uh, there's no better endorsement, I would say, than the fact that, and I, and I use these guys as a reference all the time, the fact that three of our main sponsors have been with us for over five years. You know, that says something about return and uh, association. And as you say, with in the world of podcasting, it's just ridiculous. And another nice indication um, for us is, you know, you sign new sponsors and are they going to renew? And look at Bodog. They hopped on the Humble and Fred train and obviously got the results that they were looking for. And they have now renewed again. They haven't renewed again. They'll be with us through the end of the year. And why don't you tell us a little bit about Bodog as we're sitting here ruminating and reminiscing. Yeah, you know, uh, we'll be keeping our uh, eyes on the line. The Seattle, it looks like the Jays in Seattle Mariners. Uh will be this series um, so let's keep our eye on that one uh, I gotta believe the Jays would be favored in that series like wouldn't you like you know the Jays play in the east and the Seattle plays in the west and their um, and their um, records are similar but the east is a lot tougher than the west and on and on and on and on and on but anyway let's look at the early line uh for Thursday night's game, that's uh, the NFL, the Colts in Denver. The Colts, um, the underdog here, yeah. The Denver Broncos, a three-and-a-half-point pick, the over-under 43.5 on that one. And uh, looking ahead to Sunday, our Buffalo Bills, a whopping 14-point uh, pick over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, all the uh, lines are there at Bodog. Uh, the baseball uh, playoffs uh, will be available this week, obviously. The NFL, hockey starting soon. It's your source of gambling entertainment since 1994, Bodog. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we should have made it clearer that we were not working yesterday. I uh, got a couple of notes. Just saw a couple on Facebook and messages. My brother was wondering, what happened to you guys yesterday? Uh, well, it was yesterday I played a golf tournament, you know, my last one of the year. And so uh, that portion of the Humble and Fred season is behind us. Uh, speaking of sports, I watched, uh, you and I spoke, uh, was it yesterday we talked? I guess so. Yes. I had mentioned a uh, couple of things. I was watching our kid, uh, our Canadian I was going to say our Canadian friend, but he's from the Hamilton area, and uh, his name is Mackenzie Hughes. Won his second PGA Tour event on Sunday. Very exciting. You know, it wasn't a big, important tournament, but it was a professional golf tournament that a Canadian won. And in true PGA Tour fashion, it was cool because it came down to like a playoff, and he sank a putt. And uh, but in the I guess it was uh, was the bill the, I, before the golf. Yeah, the bills were finishing up. So I thought, oh, I'll watch the uh, last few minutes of the game. And I just turned it on. I think there might have been six or seven minutes left. And uh, they stopped that. They stopped that uh, drive. Who were they playing again? Just remind me. Baltimore. Baltimore that's right. Mm-hmm. They stopped the drive and then they run down the clock. 
and it was kind of cool that that whole clock management, the way they um, uh, Josh Allen just kept taking a knee because the, I, what is the I was going to call it the shot clock because I've been watching basketball. What is that clock called in in football? The that you have a the play clock, the play clock, mm-hmm. and how many seconds is that? Thirty. Uh, no, I think it's 40, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So you got mm-hmm. like a minute left to have four downs to burn. And so they just kept burning the because mm-hmm. the clock doesn't stop. It only stops when you uh, go out of bounds. Incomplete pass. Or incomplete pass. So they just kept mm-hmm. grounding the ball, basically. And then I realized, man, this field goal kicker guy is about to come up. And yeah, it wasn't a long field goal. They were sort of inside the, they were close to the, the goal line. So they always so I guess it's like twenty yards ish, right? Yeah, it was a chip shot, and but it's pretty exciting. Considered a chip shot. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and that guy was warming up, and I was looking at him, I was thinking he the whole game, and he's doing his little kick warm ups or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, I wonder what that's like. You know, he knows he's going in. Mm-hmm. He knows what they're doing. The first time they take a knee, he's like, okay, well, we're just going to run it down, and I'll kick a field goal to win the game. I just found it fascinating. It was very exciting. I love those moments in sport. You know, that clock management you referred to the week before against Miami. The, the, the Bills were horrible with it. Just before the half, they blew a chance at a field goal. And then the last play of the game, it was just bad clock management. The clock ran out on them. Uh, so they cleaned up that part of their game uh, in Baltimore. You know, and you and I were talking yesterday. I said that position in football is kind of like being a pitcher or whatever. It's very similar to it. It's like you're a golfer for a second because it all comes down to you. And uh, sure, you've got your teammates. You've got your guys blocking and someone's calling out the snap. But basically, as soon as that ball hits the ground or in the holder's hands, you you know, it's just you. Mm -hmm. You know, and I we sort of spoke about the legacy of the Bills missing important field goals. Yes. Well, the uh, most famous one of all. Yeah. Wide right. Wide right. Uh, yeah. How far was wide Scott right? Norwood. From? How far yeah. was that? Uh, like a decent? It was, yeah, it was like very doable, 40-yard yeah. range. But also missable at times. Oh, absolutely. They all are. You never know. It's, you know, the snap to the hold to the kick. I mean, it's all pretty intricate. One little thing goes wrong. It's all timing, right? Yeah. Like you take a half second too long to get it in place and, you know, linemen and guys jumping in the air are that much closer. So that's where we're at with that. (laughs) Anyway, it was very exciting. End of the game. I just was trying to I was trying to read here. I had something else written down about it, but now I can't read it. That's okay. Um, Yeah, it was good. Uh, This kid, Mackenzie Hughes from Hamilton, grew up around that area. Uh, took lessons from a guy that I know named Scott Cowks, who was his teacher. And uh, it's kind of cool. I, I mean, it's like any other Canadian thing. You know, it just makes it more interesting when it's somebody from your area. And uh, it was his second win, and I was pretty neat. And he's a young guy and got emotional. He had his little boy. He had his son with him, like a probably a two- to three-year-old kid in the post-game or uh, post-round interview. It was just very sweet. Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful story. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a that's a notch in his belt, is it not? Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Well, he's a pretty good player. He's pretty good. And I think all these kids, all these Canadians now, and there's quite a few on the PGA Tour, 
I think all of them for the next 24 months are going to be doing everything they can to make the President's Cup team because it's being played in Canada for only the second time in the uh, 30-year history of the event. So I think they're all going to want to make the team. I uh, I don't know what I I don't know what I wrote down here. I wrote something something lie, but I can't remember what it is. It doesn't matter. Um, about sports? Nah, I don't know. I'm not sure what it is. Is Mac, it politics? Uh, we got, I got lots of politics. No, I know. It's crazy. Did you see man. The, Hers- the Herschel Walker story? Yeah, I saw it. When, give me some context there. Like, I know he's got some illegitimate kids, or does he? Have, I don't know. He's got a lot of kids. Well, it's that, <laughs> The source is the Daily Beast, for what that is worth. But this woman has come out and said he paid for an abortion in 2009. Right. Paid for her abortion. She has the receipt. She has the check that he wrote. And, of course, he's just saying it's lies and gutter politics. And she has the actual proof. You know, physical proof. And, of course, he's denying it. And last night, Hannity had him on so he could, you know, plead his case. Yeah, I saw that. Because they don't care about the truth, whether it's right or wrong. It's just, you know, um, let's do one for the team and get Herschel on and let him lie to America. And and what is the problem with him paying for an abortion? Why is that? Is it the lie? Because he's he's saying he did Huh? Is the problem, Freddie, that he's saying he didn't or that he just or that abortion's bad? Well, he it's the hypocrisy of it. Because he's jumped on the Republican anti-abortion train. Okay. And, uh, you know, the 15-week stuff. And yeah, he's yeah. been speaking out against abortion. And, you know, and I think you've said it, how many of those old Republican bastards sitting there in Congress and the Senate have play, paid for abortions over the years. You could bet your ass they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but now his son... He has a son name. I believe it's Christian. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's uh, they're denouncing him. It's interesting. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, Christian he's, Walker. He's come out against his dad. Here's what he said. He's, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I've got the tweet, but go no, ahead. I don't have that. right. He now. says, I know my mom and I would really appreciate it if my father, Herschel Walker, stopped lying and making a mockery of us. You're not a family man in quotations. When you left us, this is his kid. When you left us to bang a bunch of women, threatened to kill us and had us move over six times in six months running from your violence. And then it goes on like it's a long thread of him. Uh, yeah. He says, I don't care about someone who's had a bad past and takes accountability, but how dare you lie and act as though you're you're some moral Christian upright man. Mm-hmm. You've lived a life of destroying other people's lives. How dare you? How's that? And, yeah. you know, all that stuff has been verified. And again, there you have Sean Hannity has him on. Yeah. And like he's this great upstanding candidate that deserves to represent Georgia. It's something else. They just they just have no conscience. They have no morals. It's um, like, what's wrong with him being a Republican and denouncing him saying, yeah, he ran as a Republican, but this is a bad man. We reject his yeah. his presence in the party, but they just can't go there. Yeah, uh, they'll, it's they'll, 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 they'll lie about anything. I can't remember if it was you and I talking about this or somebody else, but uh, think about this. How come nobody on Fox News has asked the question, why was the fucking ex-president taking classified documents out of the White House? Not not about the FBI and defund this, but how come no one's ever said, well, why did he have those documents? What was the point of that? 
Yeah. Well, did you see uh, the news this morning? Donald Trump has launched a $475 million lawsuit against CNN for oh, yeah. defamation. <laughs> Look at how many people he's defamed. I know. The horrible things he said about people. No, I know. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Do you know why he's doing it, though? Diversion. <laughs> of course. He's gonna, and this won't be the last one. Yeah. I, I read the story here I have in front of me somewhere, but he's... Uh, He's going to start with CNN for $475 million. And then he's just going to move on and start suing everyone. So he can say, you see, everyone, you know, there's, it'll come out. It's all going to come out. This is the, uh, it really is the most. Uh, and, and, and I've already, I heard some people on the weekend, you know, who used to listen to us, stop listening to us because we talked too much about Trump. And I'm like, well, what are we, were we supposed to ignore it? Are you supposed to not... Are we supposed to not mention what you just mentioned? Yeah, it's significant news. I mean, yeah, I don't understand those people because if he was ever to get back in the White House and that being his last term, like who knows what he's capable of? Yeah. Either holding on forever, trying to change democracy as we know it. Like, yeah, who knows? So it's pretty significant for Canadians. I don't Just think he's... Yeah, I, I, I think as days go by, I think mm-hmm. it's less and less likely he will. There's just too much around him. Mm-hmm. And, and you can deflect all you want, and you can start a bunch of cockamamie. <laughs> like that. Some cockamamie freaking lawsuits. Although, did you see the basis for that lawsuit is when they compared him to Hitler? To Hitler, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile... Meanwhile, he says on one of his social tweets this weekend that Mitch McConnell has a death wish and he made some sort of halfway Asian racist comment about his wife, who's Asian. Yeah. No, I know that was uh, that was startling. That was alarming. That was just totally inappropriate. Um. And some Republicans, to their credit, called him out on that. Because, you know, at some point, there's got to be some that have a bit of integrity. Yeah. Because it was just wrong. Like, death wish means continue with your... Continue on your path, Mitch, and somebody may kill you. That's basically what he's saying. Yeah. One of my followers. One of the mega people. And um, this article I read basically saying that he doesn't he he is starting to get the idea that he's not electable. But what he is trying to do then, or some people think he may be a sort of amassing kind of his own. I can't even believe I'm saying this, but like his idea now is, okay. if I can't be elected, I'm going to become he's going to try and become like through force and possible, Mm -hmm. you know, violence to somehow take power that way and that's i mean it sounds crazy to say it out loud but think about what we've witnessed Mm -hmm. well he's already said it you know if um if the powers that be be it democrats or the system prevents him from running again based on the crimes he's allegedly committed 
there will be riots in the street. He's oh, called yeah. for it. Yeah, and there will be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's switch gears. I don't want people to get, oh, they're talking about Trump again. Trump. Trump. Uh, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about Bill Brio Entertainment. This is what we, it's like a, a palate cleanser. And for uh, a long, long time, this Bill Brio character, man, he's been hanging out with us. I don't know how we've been uh, buddies with him. He's a gooder. He is one of the good ones. Uh, he uh, is a, a longtime entertainment reporter. He's a raconteur and host of uh, Brio TV, the podcast. His name's impossible to spell. Don't try it. It's B R I O U X. Okay? And uh, as always, we welcome back William Brio to this program. Hello, sir. Morning, gentlemen. Good to see you, Bill. Good to see you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get right to it. The 50th anniversary of the Beachcombers, Canada's second longest running TV drama behind only uh, Degrassi, but there's been different versions of Degrassi. What's significant about that? It's the third longest now behind the Lisa LaFam firing. <laughs> look, mm-hmm. look at you, Bill, bringing and, the and heat. The, and the Queen's funeral. <laughs> the Queen's funeral. Thank yeah, you. Exactly. That's right. It's, which is still um, going on, by the way. There's still <laughs> mourning the Queen. Her Majesty has not been laid to rest yet. As Bill Maher said, I've thrown out three loaves of bread since she died. <laughs> that's great. So what is significant? Um, the Beachcombers, uh, a lot of people used to make fun of it, you know, the whole thing. But uh, Bruno Gerussi. Yeah, it's you know it was a show about guys who picked up stray logs uh, out in BC. So it sounds absurd, uh, but put it in context. So Team Canada had just won; they had this incredible victory on Thursday, and then on Sunday in 1972, on October 1st, this show, The Beachcombers, comes on CBC. And you know, there's this guy; he's a, a Greek Canadian immigrant. He, he's uh, picking up logs on the river and there's uh, jesse this guy uh, played by pat john uh young aboriginal 19 year old uh, uh first nations actor and um they team up to to do this so in, in some ways if somebody was pitching this show today to cbc well what's it about well conservation <laughs> land claims <laughs> that's uh, right you know indigenous rights oh my god uh, yes, yes. Here's the, how many green lights do you want? Yeah, that's right. All uh, green lights. You know, so it, it, it's, it's it's fascinating in a way. But uh, the, the surviving mm-hmm. cast member I talked to, Jackson Davies, and, you know, the, Molly's Reach is a restaurant out where they, uh, on the show, they would often meet with Relic and the other guys, and they would hang out at this place. It's still a tourist attraction. It still draws a lot of people. There's people in Hong Kong and Australia who watch this show for years and years. They think this is Canada. Yeah. You know? So it, it, it's an interesting uh, phenomenon. In, in a way, um, the Beachcombers is kind of like just corner gas on the water. You know, similar kind of folksy trauma. And I mean that like in a, in a complimentarily yeah. way. You yeah. know, it's very folksy, very sort of small town Canada. It's not, you know, not the glitzy Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal skylines and such. It's really just kind of like the heartland of the country. It is. Yeah. Howard, Howard, you make that point, too, again, from a kid that grew up in Toronto and had access to American channels, all three networks. Yeah. I got to believe this show is pretty regional because 
I didn't watch it. We didn't watch it. Like as kids, we never talked about this show. You know, we did yeah. others. And I just imagine across Canada, those markets that didn't get any American television, it would have been so much bigger. Well, yeah, maybe you guys were talking about trouble with Tracy while we were talking about the beachcombers. <laughs> yeah. Or, or the littlest hobo. I love the littlest. Hey. I love The Littlest Hobo. Yeah, no, everybody loves The Littlest Hobo, but there's mm-hmm. a great story. Uh, Conan O'Brien, uh, before he became the late-night talk show host, you know, I think he was a writer doing some comedy, and his buddy Mark Daniels, who went on to create The Office, they're out in Vancouver just on a lark, and they turn on the TV, and there's this crazy whacked-out show about guys <laughs> picking up logs, and they're, they become hypnotized by Pat John, the, the actor who played Jesse. The, his voice, his cadence... It was just like nothing they ever heard. They they got the Vancouver phone book. They looked him up, and they went to see him. And they posed as American TV producers, and they interviewed him. And I've gotten this story from both Conan O'Brien and Mark Daniels. Wow. In fact, Mark was asked by his agent for years, turn this into a TV movie. This is crazy. Um, you know, they talked about it. So there's something about the beachcombers that uh, just hypnotized even Americans who stumbled on it. Well, you mentioned what Conan was doing. Conan was, uh, a, you know, for a while there writing on Saturday Night Live and, you know, had worked on The Simpsons. Speak, watch this, Bill. Speaking of Saturday Night Live, the 48th uh, 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 season premiere. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it didn't go. I, I watched a little bit of the cold opening. I, I just heard nothing but bad reviews. About well, this thing. it looked under-rehearsed, to say the least, and also, you know, this was the way they were trying to introduce the new cat. You know, big turnover. Six, seven people had left, and four or five had joined. And big ones, and too. Kate McKinnon, Pete Davidson. All these big names, for sure. Um, and uh, away we go. And they have the guest, the guest host playing, um, um, you know, Pat, uh, the, the NFL football quarterback, I guess the skit was <clears throat> he was doing an analysis of the new cast of Saturday Night Live and, well, he's underplaying this and, oh, my God, that guy won't last till lunch. Uh, and it was so inside. Mm-hmm. I guess it was cute in the writer's room, but, oh, my God, it went on and it just bored the crap out of me. And you know what's sad about that? Peyton and Eli Manning are pretty good performers in front of the camera. They're yeah. pretty they're pretty comfortable and they're pretty funny. So I guess the anticipation for that was pretty high. Well, that's what Saturday Night Live's become. It's sort mm-hmm. of like uh, an imitations of famous people show, which is interesting. I just last night was at the 30th anniversary of uh, all these anniversaries for this hour has 22 minutes. They did a taping in Toronto down at the CBC at the Glenn Gould. Mm-hmm. theater and uh you know it was packed with people who are on cbc shows and they um they, were, they had a segment in the middle where uh chris uh one of the one of the uh, actors on 22 minutes one of the cast members um imitates pierre polyev and he does this hilarious skit where um he is ridiculing all the CBC shows because we're going to get rid of them as soon as I'm elected. And he went down the list, you know, Murdoch Mysteries. The only mystery is it's still on the air. Like he just That's went on great. But, but it was interesting. So they had a guy imitating um, a famous politician and very Saturday Night Live because 22 Minutes was known really as a show where they would ambush politicians. Right. You would see them with the prime minister, with mm-hmm. the leader of the opposition, and the, and Mark Delahunty would be there. And, and now it's become more, I think, of a, a you know, an ensemble-like 
uh, Saturday Night Live. Right. Yeah, um, there was some talk. Again, there was not. I, I, I didn't watch uh, Saturday Night Live, and I haven't like a lot of people. I, the only Saturday Night Live I've seen... Like most of us nowadays, was when you know when then you know when uh, there's clips of it, there are things that get shared socially. When Alec Baldwin was doing Trump and uh, Tina Fey was showing up as um, what's her face, doesn't matter. Um, and there was some talk this weekend of should this the be Alaskan governor? Thank you, <clears throat> Sarah Palin. Yeah, should this be Saturday Night Live's last season? And and there was again quite a bit of discussion, like it's run its course, blah blah blah, but. I think, and I wanted to get your take on this, that Lauren Michaels is just hanging around to do 50 years. That's it. Right. Like, just Absolutely. to say, because once it gets to Saturday Night Live season 50, it's it'll never be, it's, it's never going to be equaled now, but I think that's why he's hanging around. What do you think? I, I think you're right. You know, Michaels is almost 80, and, uh, you know, they won an Emmy again last year for their, their show, and... What else is there left to collect? Uh, this is the 48th season. He created the series, you know, but he was 30 when it started and was a boy genius. And now he's the grand old man. He's the yeah. Yoda of television. He's the <laughs> most famous Canadian ever to make it in the United States on television. Uh, uh-huh. And so, yeah, I think you're right. Um, you know, um, no one's going to push him out of that job for sure. Uh, and, you know, they, they tweak it every time. Last year, they had different titles, they had, you know, new cast members. It'll keep going as long as it makes money. And it has a network television outside of sports, the youngest demo of any show on television hmm. in Canada and the United States on broadcast. Even now, huh? So, wow. still making right. money. Hey, this isn't on in the lineup, but it's late night. Trevor Noah has announced that he's going to be leaving The Daily Show, which... I'm good with never really a fan of uh, Trevor Noah, but but the question pops up to me: who would who would take that? Who would take over there? Because I, I, I love I love the concept of the show. I was just never big on him. I I'm gonna guess Fred that no one will take over. I oh. don't think they'll. I I just think you were talking about how you only watch Saturday Night Live and the clips the next day on your mm-hmm. phone. Uh, it's the same with uh, late night television. Who's I don't I've I used to never miss Letterman or you know watch a Craig Ferguson, and now I don't remember the last time I actually watched yeah. a late night show live. I would just see the clips all the time. There's so many Kimmel and and you know still guys I still like, but I don't watch it live much. And right. I think that that's the problem with late night with uh, Trevor Noah's show that. Uh, it's just the viewers weren't there, and they'll probably do something else in that <clears throat> slot. Um, yeah, you know, I, I know I, I was never a big Trevor Noah on the Daily Show fan, although his style kind of grew on me over seven years. I a uh, buddy of mine actually went to see Trevor Noah at the Scotia uh, Center on the weekend. Just here, yeah, yeah, and um, and he, he, he played Scotia Bank. Yeah, wow. he's yeah, like you know, Fred as yeah. a, as a stand up, wow. he plays Scotia Bank. All over the world, right. like well, good for him. And and it's funny I, because my friend's a, a very bright fellow, like you two. And what he said about it was this: he said it was really, really good, and he made a lot of really good points, but he didn't make him laugh that much, you know. And and I think that's what Trevor Noah is a bright guy, does great voices, very good dialects. And I've heard some of his stand up where the audience is going bananas, but I I've uh, he just doesn't have that, for me at least, 
the the big giant punchlines that uh, say I'm not going to say Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. makes you laugh in a different way, but Trevor Noah definitely makes you think. Yeah, and I think, I think he he kind of came into his own in that the last two or three years there on the desk. I, I feel like he the show kind of grew to be his. But my yeah. question to you guys is: think, Can you imagine twenty years ago a guy leaving that spot? <laughs> well, I, I've seen him live too. I've seen him at Just for Laughs twice in Montreal, and he killed. Oh yeah, times. and he he has a command of the audience that is fantastic. He's physically he his walk, his look, and the great voices. storyteller. He's got all the tools, and it's a storytelling. You're right. So yeah. it's a less of a joke, joke, joke. He tells you something for 20 minutes. Yes. And 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 you're nodding all the way through it. You're right. Howard. But I'm at, my, my takeaway was it, and again, I kind of got this point of view from the article, but I totally agreed with it. There was a time. You can't even imagine. Could you imagine Letterman or Kimmel or somebody saying, you know, I've, okay, I've done the show and I'm going to leave it. Mm-hmm. Fucking Leno wouldn't leave. He wanted to hang on. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's funny because there was a funny little thing. I, I, Leno was uh, talking to somebody and one of his friends is 14 and he didn't believe that Leno hosted The Tonight Show before um, uh, Jimmy Fallon. Oh, wow. But yeah, I know it, it's different world. I think you have to keep in mind that uh, seven years is the length in terms of a lot of contracts. And I understand and that was the case with Trevor Noah. Uh, the other guys wouldn't leave because they were getting paid $20 million. Yeah. And I don't think Trevor Noah was getting paid that much. And he just looked around and probably thought, hell, I mean, I can probably make as much and not work every night or at least do it something different. You know, yeah, I, I, was gonna say, I guarantee you Trevor Noah was making more money from going to the Scotiabank well, uh, right. three well, times well, a, a week, right. a weekend, well, you know, in a statement, he said that, you know, he wants to yeah. con- concentrate on stand up, and, yeah. and if you scratch below the surface there, I think it's what you're saying, you know, not every night and more money. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, but it's interesting. He was just here and Craig Ferguson was just here uh, as well, doing uh, some shows in Toronto. So, uh, live seems to be where it's at. And don't forget, and Trevor Noah, he found this show because of COVID. You know, those two years where everybody was doing it from home and growing their hair, then they started to let their hair down literally and, and become more themselves. And yeah. I think that was probably, he had done that, made that transition. Now he's probably thinking, well, what else is there for me? Right. right. Um, let's uh, a couple other points that are uh, we had talked uh, last time about the Team Canada Summit series continues the uh, four part doc. It's airing on CBC. Uh, you, some of you, you you mentioned I, it's funny you mentioned the Eagleson episode. I remember that Eagleson getting roughed up by the Russians. Yeah, it's fascinating. That's so that the final episode, if you've been watching this doc, is Wednesday and it's um, fabulous. I've watched the whole series. Of course, it was the eighth and final game with Henderson scoring that we all remember. Where were we when that happened? So this is the episode that shows you that. And it's still very powerful emotionally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Eagleson, what, you know, jerks, Canadians. I mean, he was going across the ice, giving everybody the finger. And Joe Scroll, the trainer. <laughs> right. like it was, but the KGB literally had this guy. They were going to toss him out in the street. And you see Peter Mahovlich hop over the boards with his skates on onto concrete and uh, grab Eagleson and haul him back out and save him. Then you see, you know, Phil Esposito calling out four Montreal Canadiens for a huddle and then winning a face-off and then getting it down the ice and Henderson scoring. So it's yeah. it's it's a wonderful story. I wonder, 
you know, the ratings weren't that great for this thing. They may be pulling 300,000. And um, is the story just too old? Because 13 million watched in 1972. Uh, so I guess there aren't that many of us left. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But, but, you know, the ratings, that's a weird thing because it's the type of thing I, I think a lot of people are just, you know, they're VCRing, uh, PCRing them or whatever. They, yeah. What is it? PVR. PVR. That's right. You know, and they'll get to it. Like, that's sort of like my situation. I've seen the first three looking forward to the final one. Yeah. And it's, um, but that's a good point, too, because when I first heard about this, I thought, well, how many times are, how many spins on this are we going to get? Or right. how many times are you going to tell the story? How can you tell it differently? And they've done a good job. One observation I have, not that it bothered me, there's, they, they're getting a lot of opinion from young sportscasters during this thing that weren't even alive during it. You notice right. that? And I'm thinking that's a bit odd, but then I'm thinking the sportscasters that were actually there, they're all dead. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> there's, there's Basically, they're all, yeah, all, no, all, the, right. all the well-known Canadian sports writers and sportscasters who were on are, are, are pretty much gone now. Well, this doc is the last chance for mm-hmm. Paul Henderson to tell yeah. the story or Phil yeah. Esposito or Peter Mahovlich or Serge Savard. And um, so that's the thing. It's just this is sort of it. There won't be a 60th with those voices. No, no. Uh, not well, too likely. And l- last week, I think it was the 28th was the because uh, I played the clip was the actual anniversary of the score of the goal and yeah. the uh, famous Henderson scores for Canada call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just, uh, I don't know, again, I don't know if you've seen it, but I, we've been talking about this uh, other series uh, on the air uh, called Winning Time, The uh, Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. Yeah, it's great. Well, yeah, it's fed, I, I saw all of it. Yeah, so, so it came out in the spring, and I just yeah. I just burned through uh, season one. I got, and I was just saying, it was friends, a friend of ours, Fred's uh, buddy Darren, who is a friend of mine, too. your buddy, too? No, I know. I keep saying that. Our buddy Darren uh, recommended it to me because I love this kind of thing. And I, and I went through it in a, in a week or so. And just, it's so good. Um, even if you're not a basketball fan, it's just a fascinating look at the, at the way the world was in the late 70s and the 80s. The rise of um, the, in, the in-arena experience was, you know, produced by the Lakers. I, I don't know. I just, it really is one of those things where, you know, it's it's so good, and John C. Riley is so good oh, in it. Oh my they, God, he they, is incredible! So you can't good. take your eyes off him on that uh, on that series. And I'll tell you who else: the kid that plays uh, Magic Johnson is great. Yeah, um, so is the one that plays Kareem. Yeah, you know, very but, good. But Kareem, uh, the actual Kareem, uh, hates it. You know, a lot of the guys who were there. We had, a lot of them object to the way Jerry West was depicted because he's like insane. Well, he's nuts. Such a crazy man. <laughs> we were talking about that. Yeah, me and Darren were talking about this. He couldn't. He, he was so worked up over the games he couldn't even watch them. He kept oh, freaking out in the corridor. That was, tr- that was true. Like he was pacing around on, under the. Yeah, but there's so many neat little facts like uh, that there were, and apparently this is true that when Magic was you know being wooed by different. Sneaker companies. And remember, this yeah. is 1980. Before Air Jordans, this uh, guy, Phil Knight, and who nobody knew, who only went on to become, you know, the guy that created Nike, offered right. him uh, a small amount of money and 100,000 shares of Nike stock at 18 cents. And... Uh, that would be worth five billion dollars today. It kind of worked out. Yeah, yeah it is. magic. So uh, funny, you know, man. It's a fascinating uh, series. There's an actual documentary out now about the same 
team at the same time. And this is the one Kareem is saying, watch this instead. But, you know, it's great fun storytelling uh, and I don't object to the fact that some of it isn't 100% true yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that seems to be the trend <laughs> if you look at that Lucy mm-hmm. and Ricky documentary mm. uh, about the uh, I Love Lucy characters boy you know Aaron Sorkin took all kinds of liberties jammed three big crises into one week that didn't happen but you know you still are you into it or not does it make you watch I guess will there be mm-hmm. a uh, second season of that series you think I think it's been renewed. Yeah, but I don't know how. I guess you know. Obviously, Lakers go on that. They, this the, the series ends with them winning a championship, right? And they won first eight, season. I think so. There, there's plenty of story that they could tell. <laughs> uh, I'd watch it again just for Riley. Now, I'll tell you in a while. And uh, again, Darren and I were talking about this, Freddie. When you when you get to it, you'll see what I mean because the way they portray Larry Bird in this thing, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine he likes it because every time he comes on the screen, it's like. Some backwoods. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. not uh, flattering. Not flattering yeah. at all. You have a recommendation of a uh, Showtime Crave documentary you want to tell us about. Yeah, there's another. A lot of the music docs are fascinating. Uh, there's so many good ones out. There's a brand new one called uh, Nothing Compares, and it's about Sinead O'Connor. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, if you want to just to see this unblinking look at a performer, and she's such a complex. Uh, uh, character, you know, right from the start. This was our punk band, you know, and he, people remember her more now from uh, Saturday Night Live sketches mm-hmm. where people dressed as Frank Sinatra called her cue ball, you know. But uh, <laughs> here you get to, you get to see her again and uh, think this is really just was this twenty year old from Dublin thrown into the eye of the storm with this monster hit of the nineties, uh, and uh, you know, you take it from there. It's a, it's a pretty good look. Yeah, monster hit written by Prince. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, the people were just arrested by her face and that look and her the head being shaved. But oh, uh, everything she said was pretty uh, radical, and um, she was uncompromising right from the start. And uh, later, you know, you, you start to judge her more because she's things are going off the rails. But mm-hmm. like, who she was. 20 and had this crazy thing happen uh might have happened to any of us well a major cfny staple back in the day i'll tell you Shanae yeah, yeah. that's for sure i bet um you, i'm sorry no you go ahead no i was saying you're you make uh the 100 best tv shows uh, a list compiled by rolling stone um you ask us uh, to have a look at it and see what we think of uh, what you have to say about it but these things are always really subjective right it's yeah i it, i look at rolling stone's list and it's like what but right it, it it's this it's it's basically designed for us to do that and talk about yeah. it on places like here, this mm-hmm. so it's a smart marketing ploy um, i don't think too many people would object to their number one choice the sopranos mm-hmm. um their, their top three of the simpsons um you know you've got seinfeld close to the top in the top 10 yeah seinfeld uh, at six you know what surprised me is number five fleabag i yeah. i loved it but I, I don't know what it's, it was a six part or it was a short, you know, uh, series. Yeah. It is. Uh, that's the problem with these lists. So you got the Simpsons has 700 episodes. Right. And Fleabag mm-hmm. has 12, two, six episode seasons. So right. what people say about Fleabag is, wow, there isn't a bad episode. 
Well, there's only 12, you know. So if you're making 700, you can have 250 bad episodes. Well, I, well, I know, but the fact that The Simpsons have done that, it's like season 34 for The Simpsons, and yeah. the fact that it's been it's endured that long and the quality they've had. But, yeah. you know, like Fleabag is like the original Office. There was only a couple of seasons of that, maybe, I don't know, 12 episodes in a Christmas special. But uh, it, it, I don't think it's it's fair to put that on the same sort of category as Cheers or The Wire that no. have done multiple seasons. And yeah, maybe it should have been categorized like that. But as you say, Bill, it's to get these conversations going. And Atlanta, number nine, Atlanta, help me. I what, well, what is, Atlanta what is had that. A- it had a great opening first season. It was really outstanding. But the last, uh, yeah, who's the kid just, that created it? It's um, Childish oh, Gambino. On, uh, yeah, Community. Uh, I know I can't. Yeah, think of the what's his name? name yes. But no, it, it's a bro. It's it is a great show. I don't know if it deserves top ten either, Fred. I wouldn't have it on my list. Uh, but you talk about the short runs. I think we all agree. Faulty Towers is one of the funniest yeah. TV shows of all time. Yep. It only had twelve episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody just remembers the Germans, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But but yeah. I think you can compare, even if the size of the you know it, it's just. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, you basically, how memorable was it? I guess same and with Afterlife. The other Ricky, the Ricky Gervais, uh, that one that only had three seasons, six episodes. So I, you know, I just look at some of the, the, the some of the bigger ones like Seinfeld, eight or nine seasons, and yeah. Breaking Bad, and yeah, that's a good point, Howard. Because right, um, you know, the Rick, uh, Ricky Gervais, you know. That that series probably the most impactful of any I can remember watching to me in recent so, yeah. memory for sure. Yeah, but so it, I it, would rank it high, even though, as you say, it was only three seasons. So. And it wasn't on Rolling Stone's list, but there's a show that mm-hmm. speaks to the three of us loud and clear. I love that show. Mm-hmm. I'd have it in my top 20 for sure. Not on their list at all. So it yeah. always comes down to how old you are, what happened when you were in high school or college. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, when I was in, in University watching Hill Street Blues and WKRP in Cincinnati. Those are shows that I cherish and love, and they should be in the top 20, damn it, because they were great when I was that yeah. age. Well, Billy, look at, I mean, Howard, too, but I mean, Wonder Years just nailed it for me from yeah. that perspective. Like, I yeah. just love that show. I mean, he was actually my age, and to watch that show, it's. Again, the, it's all how you receive it, right? I, I think that's one of the greatest pilots ever mm-hmm. uh, in terms of a sitcom. But, you know, I, you could just take issue all up and down. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the, um, oh, I'm, I'm going to say Tall Pines. That's <laughs> my mom's long-term care center. Uh, the Twin the Peaks. Show that, no, yeah, sorry. Twin Peaks. Yeah, Thank Tall you. Pines. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll be joining my mom there soon. Uh, <laughs> right. It, yeah. it uh, you know, it had a, an amazing pilot as well, and a, and, and really intriguing next seven episodes, and then it was horrible. You know, so I think you, you, you kind of have to look at everything and judge it. Uh, I guess on impact, but also on durability. I don't have the full list in front of me, but uh, where did Petticoat Junction? Uh, where Sadly was, missing. <laughs> where was where was Green Acres? Was Green no Acres Green on there? Green Acres. No, it's about time. Where's it's where's Bewitched? Was Bewitched on there? Bewitched was not on there. That's no, too there's bad. very little from the sixties. There's the Dick Van Dyke show. That's about right. It. Well, yeah. listen, my friend, if you want to debate with your uh, people, uh, check out this list. Brio. Don't try and spell it. I'll do it for you. B R I O U X dot TV. 
Go check out his uh, TV news and reviews. There's also links to the podcast there. And you can look at this uh, list with Bill's commentary attached to it. And as always, uh, William, uh, our time too short goes by too quickly. And uh, we look forward to our next, you know, uh, next. Uh, what is this? Visit. Oh, next visit. Here we go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy, thanks, my friend. Thanks, Bill. Good to All see right. You. Great to see you guys again. Thanks. TV feeds his family and he comes over here and once a month he just hangs out with us. It's really uh, it's really quite nice for us to have access to that man. To, uh, mm-hmm. You know, you didn't always look like this before. That's that's uh, post-pandemic, Bill. <laughs> One of the great TV minds of our time. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, he is. Uh, Bill Brio today brought to you by GoDaddy. Go Daddy. If you have a great idea for a small business or a side hustle, now's the time to bring it to life. With GoDaddy powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide, don't you know? GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. And anything, by the way, whatever that business is, uh, you can um, you can start it right now. You can start your website for free with GoDaddy today. No credit card is even required. It's pretty cool. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. How about visiting this today? Uh, ChamberPlan.ca, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. It's uh, Canada's leading group benefit plan for small businesses, say one to 50, one to 100 employees. Uh, get a free quote today. Go to chamberplan.ca. You can do that. Find out exactly what it would cost your small business to be part of this. You know, like 30,000 other Canadian small businesses. Oh, yeah. That's the numbers we're talking about. And they've been around for 40 years. So this thing works for small business. No questions asked. Chamberplan.ca is where to go. It's prescriptions. It's dental. All sorts of therapies. They have an HR component now. Uh, they have a mental health um, uh, segment there that uh, you can investigate. Uh, it's the Chamber Plan, uh, chamberplan.ca. All righty. Yeah, I got a bunch of, you know, when we don't, when we don't do a show for like one extra day, like we took yesterday off, mm-hmm. uh, the prep just piles up. I got so much stuff. Uh, I don't know whether we're going to get to all of it. Um, you know, I forgot to talk to Bill about House of, Dr- of the Dragon. It's my favorite show. I'm now, yesterday was episode seven, and I don't know how long they plan to have this thing go on. Like, I don't know if it's going to go on as long as Game of Thrones, but I'm all in. I'm in for, I'm in, I'm in for the long haul. It's going to be a long winter, and I hope they just keep pumping that out because it's excellent. And I know I keep asking you, I don't know if you enjoyed that type of thing, but it's really well done, and it's so reminiscent of Game of Thrones, but it's from 200 years before the time of Game of Thrones, so you sort of get a bit of, you know, you, there's some references you'll remember or, hear, you know, you'll recognize, but it's excellent. Mm-hmm. It's one of those winter projects for you. I'll be all over it. You're going to love it, man. Because, well, yeah, I'm uh, sitting here in the Tin Palace. I will be closing it up over the next couple of days, so it'll be nothing but couch and rec room. Rec room and couch. Yeah, it's going to be good because we got the Jays this weekend. I'm going to watch some of that. Um, hockey, I guess, is starting for you. The uh, Leafs. Are the Leafs already playing uh, some preseason? 
uh, yeah, they don't start till the twelfth. But Howard, I'm just uh, well. It's uh, a long time to the second round. No, I have zero passion for the beginning of that. To be honest, <laughs> no, I, I just don't. Well, because it's a long time like, for I you, buddy. Wait for the I couldn't wait for the Bills season to to start mm. and. Uh, Looking forward to baseball playoffs, but watching the Leafs go through their 82-game, whatever that is, yeah. it just it's, it's not doing anything for me right now. Well, it's a long time from September or October yeah. to the second round, because until they get to the second round, what, yeah. what does it all mean? Yeah, really, the Leafs season starts in April for most, for most fans. Um, I'm just waiting for Dan Duran to come back, because I think he'll enjoy... I got a, I'm not sure which story to tell you. I got a story about, it's not a big story, but it's just one of those things that sometimes when it happens, I'm sort of fascinated by the interaction. I had a, I had occasion recently to just, it's like one of those social encounters you have with somebody. You're like, well, did I really need to lie? (laughs) But uh, it was, uh, (laughs) you know, could I have told the truth? I guess, maybe. And when Dan comes back, I'll tell you about that. Um, I think, actually, while, we're, while we do have a second here, let me uh, let everyone know that these fine folks are still helping, helping us out. Helping us out. Here we go. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit <laughs> Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. All right, here he is. Uh, Daniel. 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 I guess, did Daniel. you see Dan this weekend? Yeah. Um, yes, I did, actually. All right. Uh, I saw him and his lovely... Um, girlfriend lisa on sunday for a few minutes they stepped into the warmth of this tin palace and we nice. had a nice chat it looks uh-huh. like he's wearing one uh-huh. of lisa's tops right now <laughs> what, the, what is that is that uh, is that lisa's you bored that for the no it's it's mine it's a fuzzy uh, kind of sweatshirt thing is it what's wrong with no nothing wrong with it, just, it, no, looked, uh, it apparently it looks feminine <laughs> is, that like a, <clears throat> is that like a cardigan or something is with that like it's you know, a shirt like, that's uh, white with a fuzzy. It's nice. Dad sweater. Um, well, no. My first impression was it looked like something you know your auntie would have, but it's you know it's fine. It's mm-hmm. I, I don't want to draw it. It's fine. <laughs> Aunt Ruth. Aunt Ruthie. Uh, I was just saying to Freddie that I had occasion. I had a social interaction the other day with a stranger. Yeah. And uh, it was a pleasant enough encounter. So I don't want you to prepare for any kind of road ragey stories. More was just a curiosity. I wonder if this happens to. Other people, including yourselves. So I was getting groceries. I had stand in the car and I was coming out and there was a guy standing uh, a couple of spots next to my car. Just an older guy standing there. And he's like, hey, I, I said to him, hey, are you OK? And he goes, I need a boost. And uh, the following is the encounter after he said, I need a boost. I say, I don't have any cables. That was my first. My first reaction was instantly. I can't help you. I don't have cables. He says I have cables. Then I switch to. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Then I switch to. Oh, I'd love to help you, but I got to take the dog to the vet. 
What? I said to him, I'd love to help you, but I've got to take the dog to the vet. I don't know why I felt the need to create a story other than just say, I'm in a hurry. I've got to go. I can't help you. And he looks at me <laughs> like we both know I just made that up. And then I sort of shamefully skulk into the car and then get away. And I thought to myself, I could have just said, no, I'm in a hurry or no, I can't help you right now. And so I get in my car and I drive away, but I go around the, as I'm leaving, I thought, you know what, Howard, that's ridiculous. You know, go help the guy. I'm not in that big a hurry. I just didn't, I was just, my instant reaction was to not help him. So I drive around the parking lot to come back to help him. And by the time I make the circle around the, uh, the cart return, somebody was already helping him. Another good Samaritan. Another, a real good Samaritan. <laughs> but the curious thing about it, go, go ahead. What's your question? No, no, no. You finish. Well, I mean, I'm almost finished. so many obvious questions here. Like, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but here's the weird thing. Because forget the fact that I lied about having to take Stan to the vet. I don't know where I came up with that. But I actually felt pretty good that I had gone around the parking lot to come back to help the guy, even though I didn't have to because somebody else had stepped in. But I was going to. I was going to go back and help him and say, you know what? Forget the dog. <laughs> um, let's hook you up and, and boost you. And I thought to myself, do I get to feel good about the fact that I was going to go back and help him? I don't know. My question would be, why wouldn't you just want to help the guy? It takes two seconds to boost a car. Because honestly, and I'm not just saying this, whenever I'm in those situations, I think if I was him, how much I would appreciate a guy just helping me out quickly to boost my car. Why did you say no? Why why was that your initial reaction? Any other questions? No, (laughs) No, but I don't get that. Why? You know, I I don't feel good about it. (laughs) I don't, I, 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 don't, I don't feel good about it. That's why I came around to come back to help him. Because I thought, that's ridiculous. Cause I, here's why. Because I had taken Stan out for his walk. Then we went to get groceries. And then I was going to go home. And then I, I think I had somewhere to go. It doesn't matter. But I, because I felt bad about the vet lie, um, and, and then I circled back to help him. Because I thought of that. I'm like, go ahead, help the guy. You're not in that big a hurry. No, but in this case, you're being judged on your initial reaction. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Coldness and the uncaring. (laughs) (laughs) I was. You're right. And the. In the, yeah, you're just right. being dishonest is yeah. really what has grabbed me in this story. No, I know. I, I find uh, the default position is no. Yeah, so I know. You had to wa- you had to talk yourself back. Into yes, I did. I talked myself back scenario. from no. <laughs> I did. I did. I talked oh, wow. myself back from no. Mm-hmm. I started with no, and then made up a story about the vet, and then mm-hmm. drove around to come back. I did. I, I came back. I, I thought to myself, "Well, that's ridiculous. Go help this guy." And I was going back to help him. Why didn't you just say, I haven't got time? And I should have said, I haven't got went, time. Went down the elaborate lie road. Instead oh, no, of just and, saying, and it happened so fast, too. It was like, wow. I could have just said, no, sir, I haven't got time. Yeah. But why? Like, why? That, but even that was not true. Well, you it's kind of true. I was kind of in a hurry to go somewhere, you know. To where? I don't know. I had somewhere to go. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Boy. Oh, you were in such a hurry you had time to backtrack because you felt guilty, yeah. I did feel guilty. 
But uh, yeah, I'm just just remember that Howard. You know that whole concept of put your put yourself in his position and how much you would appreciate getting the help at that moment. Did, did that yeah. not cross your mind? Is, yeah. Well, not if that person I asked had a dog that needed to go to the vet. <laughs> You know. Oh, so and how did that turn out? When you went to the vet, yeah, what did they great. say? All was good. It was very what, good. Yeah, all. Yeah, how was Stan when Stan's you went to the vet? He could, yeah, was yeah, it Stan. just a checkup or what? Was yeah, no, I was uh, something with a stick it. or something. <laughs> yeah. could have, what if the guy had said, "What do you need to take the dog to the vet for?" I'd be like, "I don't know. I haven't thought that far ahead in this lie." <laughs> I haven't got that. Like even that, I'll give you that. You're a bad liar because that's just stupid. Well, no, I thought it was the that. kind of detail that uh, <laughs> you can't argue with. You can't say, oh. What goes around comes around. Uh, no, but if he'd been smart, he said, oh, you got to take the dog to the vet, but first you went and get groceries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it can't be an emergency. Yeah, it exactly. Can't be an emergency. It was a scheduled visit. I'm late for the vet. <laughs> Fuck me. No, I know. I'm terrible. That was it. That, you're right. Terrible, terrible. And uh, that's why I felt bad. And when I came back to help him and didn't have to. So are you looking for absolution from us? No, then? not at all. Sort of like no, I share these stories with you so that he'll, yeah. he'll jump on me and talk about how selfish right, I yeah, am. So, yeah, well, that's Well, true. it's just odd because... Yeah, of course. Like I... To me, that actually gives me exhilaration when I can help somebody like that. Oh, it does, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it does. Samaritan. Because I just think the, the position they're in. Yes, like I that know. guy's going to feel real good and secure now that somebody is there for him yeah. at that particular moment. And, and and the same, I got the same kind of satisfaction of coming back to help him that I get. And this is this may not be as relatable to, but sometimes when you're playing golf with people and they're and they're way over there, like on the other side of the fairway, and you realize they haven't found their ball yet, and so you right. start to walk over toward them, hoping that right. they'll find it before you get there. And then you can at least say, well, hey, I was going to help you. I'm glad you found it. You know, you sort of get the I was going to help you credit. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't tell the guy that you were coming back to help. So he didn't know that. No, but so again, I, I know just, it, though. I know within my heart that I was going to help That's him. just, again, self-interest there. Well, no. I, like I, if you'd have gone by and rolled down yeah. your window and said, hey, buddy, you know what? I'm coming back. I see you got help, but I was coming back to help Even you. though my and dog needs to know. go to the vet, I was coming back to help you. Look at this dog. Look how sick he is. No, I know. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so for the next time when the uh, situation is no, maybe maybe you want to workshop some uh, instant excuses for yeah. you know saying no. You know, like maybe a medical. You condition don't know, you, you guys. You know, it's easy when you live at Drucker's Corner like you guys. You don't know what threats uh, you know facing the big city. You don't know. Was part of the problem you don't know how to boost a car? No. Do you know how? I do. Yes, and I you do. would assume he would know how, but you never know, right? Maybe you. Would I know you'd the, like you know, me to say no. To the I don't know how to boost the, the car. Where are these blowing up your car? Where do these go? Where do these cables go? Is there a rash of uh, yes you know, scams? <laughs> that's maybe that's what it was. Boost, car boosting. Great point. Where they steal your car? Or exactly. Something? I didn't know oh, what this okay, guy right. was gonna. What, yeah. what if he was up? What if he was a ne'er do well and he was about to ne'er do well to me? You don't right. You don't know. Well, the first two words out of my uh, mouth would have been, sure, buddy. Mm-hmm. Would they? Mm-hmm. We'd, I'd see. Sure, you. Buddy. We'll see. We'll see. What do you mean? We'll see. The next time you're in a threatening situation like I was. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Wow. Some old guy might have taken out a tire iron. 
started well, no beating doubt that you area with it. Could have been a carjacking. You could exactly. Have been, you, know, you could have been leaning over the hood, and they could have put the hood down on you and crushed you and crushed my head. Threw you to the side Thank and took you. off in your car. This, this is what I was worried about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that happens. You know what? Time. I'm so glad. <laughs> so glad I shared this with you too. Dan, mm-hmm. are you in an emotional place now where you can do the news? I think I've uh, rallied my emotions. My my default position is yes. By the way, oh, is it? See, I okay. go for yes. Yeah, All right. I can help you. I can of course, help. I'm, you well, you're, you're, yeah, you're seriously. Both of you are much nicer than I. Now here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes to ask for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair. But he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now, live from Lisa's uh, dining room table... Wearing Lisa's Auntie Ruth's blouse. <laughs> Here's Dan Durant. Pro fishing has hooked a serious controversy. In a tournament on the weekend, a multiple-time winner, actually it's a pair, it's a fishing pair, got caught stuffing lead weights and other fish fillets into their fish to have the heaviest catch in order to win hundreds of thousands of dollars in prizes. You can see this video online. For a moment, it seemed like their winning uh, cat was was secured. They were going to be team of the year. But then suspicious tourney runners opened the fish up to find fish fillets and egg-sized lead weights, like lead weights. They were throwing them into uh, a a milk container uh, that they pulled out of uh, walleye. And this is on Lake Erie. Hmm. Apparently not the first controversy for these anglers. They were disqualified from a big tournament last year after one of them failed a polygraph test. I guess the world of fishing is getting pretty dishonest. Mm. Uh, Feel feel free to to throw any fishing puns in at this point. Yeah, I heard that story. So just go through it again. They they were fucking around with the... They were stuffing the fish with weights? Yes. And what's the prize you could win doing this? I think it was $100,000, roughly around that. Mm-hmm. But you know how stupid that is? The people that hold those fishing derbies, they know based on the length of a fish what the average weight of it should be. Yeah. <laughs> so they're weighing these fish, and they're going, oh, okay, like, you know, a 20-inch pickerel or walleye should weigh around this. And then all of a sudden, it's a little out of whack. Of course, they're going to have a look. These guys weren't too bright. Well, were these guys that did this professional... Anglers, yeah, really. Wouldn't yeah, they, wouldn't really they know what Fred just said? Wouldn't they know that? Yeah, I guess they've been getting away with it. Well, actually, on top of the fact that they failed a polygraph test the previous year and lost a bunch of, like, they were knowing them in the in the you know in the circles as being maybe a little bit dodgy, and mm-hmm. they didn't you know change their behavior at all. So. I guess they're thinking, oh, after what we went through last year, no one's ever going to think we would do it again. Maybe. Mm-hmm. You don't know how the sinister mind works, right? You just don't know. But, you know, that's just like, you know, like cheating on a golf scorecard. Like, deep down, you know you didn't win. So Mm -hmm. where's the pleasure? I guess the pleasure's in the money, but then it's theft. Yeah, I I mean, again, this is a professional event. 
And again, that's why I asked if these guys were professionals, because wouldn't they also know that there would be some suspicion around the excessive weight of those fish? But I guess they didn't care. They wanted the money. I'm guessing they've done it before and they got away with it. So they just kept on with their uh, with their, uh, you know, I guess probably like they they not only put the, the weights in, but also other fish parts, other fish other parts. Fish. Yeah, like fillets from another kind of fish, and they just stuffed it in there. So maybe they just thought they'd bump it all up a little bit, so they wouldn't have felt the that. But apparently, the tournament guys went, you know, let's let's feel those fish and make sure everything's okay, mm-hmm. and then felt the lump. And they, mm. Okay, we got to check this out, and then they found the uh, the weights. Anyway, oh, I see what you're saying. Something fishy about this. Would that be one of the puns you were? <laughs> there we uh, go, it just, it just came to me. It just came to me. Like twenty minutes later, just came to me. This smells like there's something fishy, stinky, that type of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I got that. <clears throat> okay, good. Well, yeah, it's funny. They uh, there's all kinds of ways to cheat in sports. Um, there's that documentary. Speaking of sports documentary, we were talking about the uh, the NBA basketball refs that were caught cheating or shaving points or something. I'm going to watch that one. But I do remember the scandal, but I can't remember the, the details around it. Yeah, that's not easy. Being a referee and trying to get the points within a certain range to pay off. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be, that would be difficult. But desperation, you know, sometimes... That thirst for money um, can uh, bring out the worst in people, as you know. Yeah, I mean, and, and in prof- at the professional level, you know, there have been some pretty high profile. It's certainly around betting. Mm-hmm. Pete Rose, famously. Mm-hmm. And again, this uh, story about the referee. I, I don't have it in front of me, but it's pretty well-known scandal in the NBA but it's one of those sports like that some sports are impossible to screw around with and I wonder I guess the NFL is very particular about that yeah right back to remember the uh, figure skating scandal uh, back in the uh, early 2000s I believe in fact that involved um, the whack job uh, known as uh, Jamie Saleh what was the scandal the, the French judge they knew I think it was the French judge uh, they uncovered was cheating for some uh, level of payola. And then eventually they were both awarded gold medals back then. Like so the French judge was giving better marks because they were being paid to or something yes. like that? Mm-hmm. Outrageous. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Duran, uh, yep. will you favor us with a second story, or are you uh, absolutely, you absolutely? Go, I've got a little. Uh, do uh, do uh, you have to go bake some? Do your Thanksgiving baking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now once again from Lisa's uh, dining room table, here's Auntie Dan uh, with a second story. <laughs> Well, since the last time we were on air, in Bonkers World to the South, Trump suing CNN for $475 million, as Fred mentioned earlier. Trump also posted McConnell has a death wish mm-hmm. on Truth Social, which is also kind of fun in citing violence. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's husband uh, filed for divorce. Yes. And that's an ongoing little fun game there. 
And uh, also, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, claimed at a rally for former President Donald Trump in Michigan on Saturday that Democrats are murdering Republicans. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to mince words with you all, she said. Democrats want Republicans dead. They've already started the killings. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Uh, Lauren Boebert Boebert said that uh, she should be uh, the U.S.'s Secretary of State. Somehow she wants to get into that position so she can go around the world spreading the word of Christianity or whatever that is that they do. Christian. uh, Super. Such a great Christian right up there with Herschel Walker. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all going great guns down there. It's all going great. You know what, America? You're doing great. Mm hmm. I know. Just despicable, isn't it? And watching Trump, you know, that rally in Michigan and the one before, you know, when he comes out and he sort of does the pretend. Yeah, the funny little dance thing. That's enough that you just want to grab a hammer and slam him with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you want to slam a a hammer into somebody's skull is what you're saying. And and I'm a bad guy because I didn't want to give the guy a boost. Um, Hey, Freddie, have you done uh, the speaking of great guys, though? Have you talked about the retirement Sherpa yet? No, retirement Sherpa. That's Tim Nimlet. He's a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, uh, Timmy was on last week and asked that question. You know, do you actually know your portfolio? Do you know you're set up for the bad times? You know, we always want to cruise with the good times. But there are going to be ups and downs, and you have to be prepared for that, and you have to be on top of it and know what you have. So what do you do? You talk to a guy. And Tim's your guy. Uh, you know, if you have a portfolio, you're not sure it's performing to where you want it to be. Get Tim's advice. He'll tell you straight up. No strings attached. Uh, he's good at that kind of thing. Retirement Sherpa. RetirementSherpa.ca. Um, still lots of stuff to uh, catch up with uh, you guys and everyone else tomorrow on the program. We hope you'll join us because uh, we're doing a bunch of shows this week. Tony Clement will be on. And that'll be a lot of uh, interesting political talk. We can talk to Tony about how difficult, how very, very difficult it is being a liberal these days. It's getting harder and harder being a liberal. I mean, look at all the rules. You can't do karaoke. You can't bungee jump. So we'll find out tomorrow <laughs> what are the so many rules to being a liberal. Uh, thank you very much, Bill Brio. Thank you, Donald Duran, and uh, all your uh, the, the, the what you bring to this program. And once again, we thank our friends at Gig Sky for supporting us uh, so all these many years. And we hope that you will continue to support Gig Sky. It really is uh, the most uh, easy data plan, uh, mobile uh, data plan you can get. It goes around the world. And uh, all of us have used it, and and, uh, we hope that you will continue to support them for all the years they have supported us. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. You can email us, humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com. And on whatever platform you're listening to us to, like us, subscribe, give us all the stars. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, Fred and I will always give you a boost. Fred says, enjoy every goddamn day.
destination A little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know A place we saw the lights turn low The jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans or just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where's that? 